Welcome to another episode of the Pull Up Your Sock Show with your host and serial entrepreneur, Von Dugan. Your source for everything you need to know about bootstrapping your startup. This is Pull Up Your Socks. Well, fuck. I've got an intro. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> the best part is... Oscar can't even hear this. No, yeah. <laughs> we have a guest sitting in the room that has no idea what's happening right yeah. now. Just two dudes talking to each other in headphones. <laughs> Into a mic. So, so Mark Noodleberg, you're my number one guy. You're my first guy. I am blessed uh, to be the, the first guest yeah. on the Pull Up Your Socks podcast. It's good to have you. So let's, uh, we got a lot going on this weekend. I'm going to make this short, but you are my first guest on this podcast. Uh, we've got a guest in the room who has no fucking clue what we're talking about right now, which makes this fun. We've got an audience of one. Uh, Mark, what's going on this weekend? Talk to us. Boca Bowl, man. Yeah. Boca Bowl action happening at FAU Stadium this weekend. Uh, 3.30 ABC national coverage for the TV. And uh, excited, man. It's a great hyper-local event now that FAU is involved. And i um, excited to get everybody out there and have a good time. All right. You seem to know a little bit about the sport of football. Give us a little background on who you are. How do you know so much about the footy ball? Long story short, I started college football coaching when I was 18, when I got into college at Florida State. I was a student assistant coach there for four years until I graduated and then got hired full-time by Jimbo Fisher, which then launched my coaching career that went to five different schools, all between the Power Five, Group of Five, and FCS. And I did that for 10 years as a special teams coordinator and then bounced out. And now I am in uh, business development at ESPN West Palm. All right, cool. I, I always wonder, I, I meet people often, and uh, Mark's one of those people who you just know, like, they, they have a job right now, but he's not a job guy. He's an entrepreneur. You can tell he's got that spirit. He's got that fire. We've met several times. Uh, there was tequila involved, I think, once or twice. Definitely. Um, I think was, every time, maybe. Yeah, it was good tequila. Speaking of advertising, I think we were drinking Casamico's Reposado at the time. Correct. Um, so I got to drop that in there just so we can, both of us can go after them for some, uh, some, some inventory. No right? doubt. Cool. So talk to me about uh, what are your plans here? You just moved back to uh, South Florida recently. Just moved back. Yeah. Eight months ago. Uh, glad to be back. Kind of have been getting up and down between Dade County to West Palm. I live in West Palm right now. My girlfriend just moved back from San Fran. She lives in uh, Lauderdale. So I spend a lot of time between the two counties and, uh, you know, what the plans are. I don't really know. I don't have a plan. I think I spent a long time planning that I was going to be a head coach and do this whole thing in another career. And now that I'm back, I think you're right. I think I have a entrepreneurial bug probably comes from my dad steve noodleberg who shout out to him the confessions of a serial salesman one of the best dude I love uh, <laughs> but yeah i think you know there's definitely other things on the horizon for me how soon or when i don't know but you know building the rapport of having sales credibility and credibility within the business community here in south florida this is where i want to live this is where i want to be so what my niche will be as i as i continue to grow i don't know but i'm sure it'll have something to do with sales so you drop your dad's name, right? So so have to. Steve Nudelberg is a rock star. He, uh, I was fortunate enough to be on his podcast. Uh, he's a phenomenal human being. He's got more energy than anybody I know uh, from 18 to 80. He's a, he's a good guy. He's a good guy to be around. That's infectious energy uh, from that guy. Talk to you about like DNA, man. Is like, do you think like your dad has a, a big hand in... I think, there, I think there's two things when it comes to like who you are as a person, you know, whether it be... 10, 20, or 30 years old. I think you have certain genetic traits. I think there are certain things that come in your DNA, but then those things have to be have to be nourished or cultured or like there has to be some kind of conditioning to those things in order to get you to a point. Like 
I was pretty positive I was not going to be in sales. I wasn't going to be in the business world. Like, that just wasn't going to be my thing. I was going to be a head football coach. Like, I fell in love with coaching. I was good at it. We were really successful on special teams everywhere I was. Um, but, you know, 10 years later, you're kind of looking at what you're going to do for the next 10 years. And that didn't really seem like what I wanted to do anymore. So now here I am and exactly in the vein that I think my dad always wanted me to be in. Right. So it's, um, I think it's, it's genetics and conditioning. Like you have to at least get the, the inputs for it to really flourish. And being raised by him, you know, he split from my, my mom when I, when I was five. And so from five to 18, every minute with him was with him and him only pretty much. Right. So like, and it became clear to me as a little kid that like, and he'll tell you this, like I was in his life. He wasn't in mine. So like that meant going along with him as he was trying to build a business and build a career. And he was you know, selling it. You were selling advertising at eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was learning how to get along real quick, yeah. you know? So I think that kind of, you know, that background and, and growing up in that environment, you just learn to, you know, sink or swim, so you better swim. I was swiping quarters off bars when I was a kid. That was my upbringing. <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in, that was my entrepreneurial start. You know, <laughs> lemonade stands and uh, swiping quarters off the bars to play video games. That's back when they took quarters, by the way. Right. Uh, talking about like you, you know, you've obviously been uh, you're a coach for quite some time. How does that set you up in business? Um, what did you learn then? What kind of uh, discipline? Discipline, discipline yeah. and process. Okay. Discipline and process. Like for me. When I would take over a new special teams, when I would come into a new school as a new coach, new group of kids, they don't know you, they don't know what you do. It was all about having a specific process of what we were going to teach, how we were going to teach it with the vision of the outcome for everybody to understand. So that process, you know, you just take it from the football field or you take it from the organizational structure of a football organization and you move it into a business organization in the business world, it's a little bit more difficult because in football, everything is a finite time, 60-minute game, Yep. right? You know what you're trying to do in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. You know what you're trying to do in August to get ready for the season. You know what you're trying to do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to prepare for a game on Saturday. You know what you do on Sunday. Everything is very specific and scheduled. That doesn't really exist in the real world. Like you choose, you know, like I can choose to prospect right. new, new, you know, new, new partners, or I can choose to not. Right. And there's no specific time of when you're supposed to do that. So I think finding your own process and structure of how to make yourself successful in the corporate world is you have to have that, you know? And so understanding that you need a process, but then finding what that process is and tweaking it and making it your own and making it work for you, I think transitions from one to the other. Um, and then leadership, you know, like, Nobody is going to follow you if you can't communicate with them, relate to them. So for me being in sales and business development, I immediately have to try to find a way to communicate with somebody and relate to somebody to build a relationship with them so they can like trust tequila, me. Right? Yeah, case, like tequila, exactly. yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like that's such a game changer in the corporate world. We like, should probably do it. You can intoxicate people too, yeah. as you're trying to get them to make a decision. Yeah. Like, I think that's how you ended up like hosting like four or five of my events. Yeah, this is working out in your favor. I think I screwed up here. I'm the one with podcasting equipment and he's got a, his sales are up 100% over last year. Uh, so, um, yeah, you know, I think just, you know, communicating and, you know, I used to build relationships with the kids and build trust with them that what I was teaching them was the right thing and proving to them that it was the right thing and having, you know, getting us to have success as a group 
So it's the same thing in, in sales. You um, It's funny, we, we were sitting at the bar at Kapow and we were having a really cool conversation. I, I enjoyed getting to know you a little bit and, and you made a reference, which is really neat because I'm always trying to make a connection with everyone I talk to and how I can relate to them, just like you said. Like, right. what, what's the common bond, the common thread? How can I talk to this person? Um, and do I really like them? So if I really like them, you, you want to get to know them, you want to talk about them. You talked about being a coach and I'm a business owner. I own restaurants, I own bars, right? Cheers, we're cheers. actually toasting. Yep. You can't see this, we're not videoing this yet, so... <laughs> Oscar, cheers. Here we go. Thank you. Uh, this is Danos tequila today we're drinking right now. So Danos, a little shout out there. Mm. Delicious. Delicious. So, right. so a lot of people come up to me like, oh, man, you've got it made. You've got the life. How great is this? And, but they don't see all the work that I do outside of being the face of the bar. You talk to me about uh, all the planning that went into being a coach. So, you know, yeah, you only see the, the game for a couple hours on uh, Saturday. But how much time did you spend planning for that game? Like what goes All into that? All day, every day. But like that's like to business. Me, like, yeah. It's so not just exactly. like drinking at the bar. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody, everybody looks at you like, oh, you're the Kapow guy. Yeah. Like you own the coolest restaurants in, you know, West Palm. and Two locations, West Palm Beach and Boca Raton. In Meisner yeah. Park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. Yeah. Um, but so like they see you on Saturday and they're like, oh man, you guys returned that kickoff for a touchdown and yeah. that was awesome, so cool. But like they don't see that it took me from August 1st until September 1st every day breaking down every single person on our team and how they move and what they do and do they have the ability to fit what I'm going to ask them to do. Then if they have the ability, are they willing now I got to put them in the practice reps to see, okay, I'm asking them to do something. Will they do it for me? And then saying, okay, now we're getting to games. Here's our opponent. Let me watch everything that they do to make sure that what we want to do mm -hmm. actually is going to work against them. Right. Because I might want to do that, but if what they do really doesn't fit what I'm trying to do, then I got to adjust. It's yep. my job as a coach to make sure I'm putting the players in the best position to be successful. So you're talking about all day Sunday. You go from breaking down what you just did in the previous game, watching it, making the corrections, moving on to your opponent, watching what they do, seeing what their tendencies are, seeing if what you do really works against them. If not, trying to make adjustments and then doing that for not only just one phase of the game, but you've got kickoff, you've got kickoff return, you've got punt, you've got punt return, you've got field goal, you've got field goal block, you've got six phases. Yeah, all I heard was like front of the house, back of the house. Right? Like bartenders, <laughs> exactly. my marketing team. No. Exactly. So like you have all of these moving pieces that you have to make all, that are all functioning at the same time. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it was a lot of work and it was great, but you had no control over your destiny. Yep. Like we were really, really great on special teams at all the places that I was, but not all of those teams were great. Weren't you, weren't you a special teams coach? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So like, you know, if you don't win, you get fired and you might not have any control over whether or not you're winning or losing. And so, you know, packing up your stuff after 18 months or 12 months or nine months, however long you've been on the job and having to go find another one. And it was grueling. So we were just talking, you know, I'm an FAU guy. Uh, you're now here in the community. You're specifically working on the Boca Raton Bowl, FAUs in the, the bowl game. It's exciting for the local community. We're all pretty much excited as owls uh, to see them there. Uh, Lane Kiffin, he's gone. The Lane Train. The Lane Train has left Took the building. Took off to yeah. Oxford, Mississippi. That's right. Uh, so um, knowing that, knowing he's gone, um, it brings up like, you know, kind of what you've mentioned, like, what is it like when like the guy that's been like running the show for, for so long, technically they give him a lot of credit for the success of the program, putting a lot of that, that structure and attention on the program. 
and he just he just leaves. And I get it. That's the nature of business. You pack up, you leave, you bigger, better deal. Um, what does that do to the rest of the, the the people, the team around you that you that you built trust in, or they built trust in you? And how does that work? So it's interesting because in college you only get the kids for four years anyway. Right. So true. it's interesting that like the freshman who signed on to play with Lane yep, has a very different feeling than the senior who signed on to play with Lane and played his whole career. Yep. The senior's kind of like, whatever, dude, good for you, Lane. You're going to get yours at Ole Miss, and we had our time here, and we were the best. Yep. I'm sure they would prefer him finish the bowl game with them, but that's not the nature of the business. But that freshman, that freshman's going, oh, wait a minute. What if this new head coach that comes in doesn't necessarily like me? Or what if I don't fit his scheme? Right. Or all of a sudden, I chose to go to school here for four years. This is putting my entire future at chance now. Yeah. And the NCAA doesn't think about that. You know, they're, they're, they're aren't, they've gotten better about letting kids out to transfer and do things, but it needs to change. The business of college football has far surpassed the legislation of the NCAA, mm -hmm. so they have to find a way to, to make it match. Because, you know, and even as, you're, as an assistant coach, like there's no guarantee that that head coach is taking you. Exactly. Yeah, All of a sudden he's got a bigger budget. Earlier. All of a sudden he's got a bigger budget. He can hire anybody in the country he wants at Ole Miss. Yep. So maybe that tight ends coach or maybe that offensive line coach at FAU who was great for that budget and that school, he might not fit at Ole Miss for you now. So like a guy that you were loyal to that you took a job with might not even be hiring you at his new job. So it's a it's a, a very, that's, very that's interesting business. That's a lot of business. fucking stress. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do that. that yeah. And that's one of the reasons I like being an entrepreneur, even if times are really shitty even if I don't know if my next paycheck's going to come through, which oftentimes it doesn't. We talked about that earlier, too. Um, but I don't know what it would be like to work underneath somebody who really was the one that was in charge of my future, despite the job that you're doing. You can right. be the best thing for that program, but if he packs up and leaves and it doesn't take you with him... Or just decides that, you know what, I got a friend yeah. that got let go and I really need do, to give him a job and he happens to do the same thing as you. It happened to me. Oh, okay. Happened to me at the University of Cincinnati. Okay. So I was working for Tommy Tuberville. I worked for him for two years. We were one of the best special teams in the country. I was a young kid. I was 27 years old. I was a special teams coordinator at the University of Cincinnati. I thought I had lit the world on fire. You did, man. Like, I was on track You're to be the youngest head coach. I was going to be, like, you know, the next Cliff Kingsbury. I was going to be this young kid that was going to be a head coach in the NCAA. And uh, after a year, after the second year I was there, he, you know, calls me on the phone. He doesn't even do it in person he calls me on the phone and just says hey look you did a great job but we're going to go in a different direction and he didn't tell me why but I figured out why through the process of who got hired and everything like that but it was because you know he knew somebody that had been in the business longer than I had and he was closer to him than me and he wanted to give him a job and I happened to be in that job that he wanted to give him and so I was out and that's the nature of what happens <sighs> Yeah. Fuck the good old boy club, huh? Dude, and then, and then when, they, when they tell you, like, so I, I requested a sit-down meeting with him because okay. I was like, I need to know yep. what, why, you know? Like, I'm a young coach. Like, what did I do wrong? How what did that I conversation go? How, I, how did exactly it go? So I called him and said, hey, coach, you know, like, are yep. you in town? Can I sit down with you? He said, yeah, I'm in the office. Great. Can I, go, I go in there. I sit down with him, and um, I say, coach, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity here, and I'm sorry that it's not going to work out for us, but, you know, I'm hoping that I have a long career and I want to take this opportunity to really know what happened here so that I can, you know, get better and, and do better. And he was like, oh, Noodle, you're great. He's like, you did a great job here. He's like, this is just part of the business. Fuck. That and was silly. So, <laughs> like, you did nothing wrong, but you got fired. Go find a new job. <laughs> wow. 
there's nothing worse than like being yeah. here's your trophy. Uh you did a fantastic job, but this is not how this works. Yep. That it's, would kill me. It does kill me. I and I signed it. up for nine or I guess at that point I was already in it. So I signed up for like another five or six years after that. Okay. And so what 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 was the breaking point for you? You're like, enough's enough. Uh, you know, it, it my dream is no longer to be a head coach and you know what what I don't think that? it was that my dream is no longer to be a head coach. Okay. I looked at it as like, look at all the things I've been through in the previous 10 years of my life. Yep. Am I willing to do that for another 10 years? I know where it's gotten me. I know how successful I've been. Love it. Am I willing to do that again yep. for just the chance to be a head coach? Not even a guarantee. Yep. Like just maybe the opportunity happens that I become a head coach. Maybe it doesn't. Am I going to be okay doing what, doing what I've done for 10 years for another 10 and not have it happen. So was it you just didn't you didn't you decided at that point you're not going to sign up again meaning like you're you're not going to pursue no, this you're not no, going to no. sign another contract to, I'm just done. To be totally transparent, yep. I was working for a head coach that I believed was awful. Okay. That had no idea what he was doing. I was a special teams coordinator and recruiting coordinator and doing everything that I could to keep that program afloat and we couldn't overcome him. Got it. 2 years in a row we had 3 and 8 seasons. And um, I'm not good at math, actually. That's not good. No. And, yeah, no. and I, you know, you kind of you kind of <laughs> pointed out that like I have a slight entrepreneurial bug. Yeah. So the more disgruntled I got. Oh, sure. The worse the relationship got uh-huh. uh, to the point where he looked at me and is like, if you can't change, I don't think we continue to do this. And I was like, well, I don't think I can change. So I kind of got myself fired at that point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I was done like. It's tired of, and to be very fair, like I had interviewed at Miami of Ohio in Oxford, Ohio, which I couldn't believe I was going to end up moving there and, uh, central Michigan, which is in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. And it sounds cold army, which is, okay. you know, yeah, <laughs> army, which is in West point, which yeah. is cold and in the middle and, and like you're all, live on an army base Been there. And I didn't get those jobs. God, you know, thank God for that because I would have taken them and I would have kept going and kept chasing the next job. And me not getting those jobs and being forced with the decision to either go back to Lafayette or try something new, it was like a no-brainer. It's crazy. Like, as an entrepreneur, you're hearing all these parallels of, like, what it's like to go, like, even for me in business. So, really quick, to draw a parallel to your issue with the coach that was pretty shitty. Right. Um, three and eight. I just want to bring that up again. Yeah. <laughs> Twice. That, that's, less than, that's less than 500. Um, uh, so, I had started a, a pizza company many years ago. Uh, that's how a lot of people down here know me. I, I kind of cut my teeth, if you will, with Pizza Fusion. Organic pizza concept. Grew to about 50 units. Um, we had to go out and raise a bunch of capital. Um, the group that gave us the money at the bottom of the ninth was like, well, you know, you guys need a little more gray hair. What do you think about putting some management in there? I was young enough. I was dumb enough. Um, but I was also willing, uh, to see my baby cross the finish line to go, you know what? It's okay. I'm not in this for the ego. I'm not in this for the title. I don't really care. Um, I care more about my kid than I do right. the title. Right. Um, again, famous last words as an entrepreneur, I've learned my lesson. I've gotten my MBA and, and, uh, just by being around all this, just by osmosis, uh, at one point, I think about a year and a half into this whole thing, there's a CEO running the company and it wasn't me. I was baby in the back. I was sitting in the back office, um, twiddling my thumbs, uh, playing around on MySpace and Facebook and Foursquare and whatever I had to do to pass the time. And the CEO came in and was like, look, you know, it's, there's, there's room for one of us here. There's only one CEO, and I'm going to let you know right now who it's going to be. It's right. not going to be you. That's right. So what do you want to do? I was like, well, uh, you 
you said it. I'm leaving. Yeah. All right, I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. stick around. Thanks. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is my my gig. So it's it's interesting. And so all of this said and done, like you've obviously you're at ESPN right now. You're kicking ass. You're 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 having fun. Yep, definitely. Um, you've made a ton of connections. You know, you kind of told me that you're a big big reason for you want to do us is to shake hands kiss babies, get to know a lot of people in the community again. No doubt. Um, so that you can establish those contacts. It's all about who you know in any business, just I think. building relationships. Yep. Like, I have an unbelievable network in the coaching world just because I built genuine relationships. I worked really hard. You mean you're a good guy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking weird. I don't right? know that I'm necessarily a good guy. Yeah. I just build good relationships and work really hard. So. Yeah, but you know what, though? Like, I I'm, I believe it's being a good guy. Like, right. It doesn't mean you have to be a, a pushover. Uh, you just have to be a good person. Right. Uh, I talk often, I say to, to people, you just, there's no bad business with good people. It may not be a profitable business. It may not result in, in lining your pockets with money, but like as long as the person is, has integrity and you can trust them and you guys have an open, transparent conversation, um, there's no bad business that way. It's really interesting to me that like Gary Vee's pushing this super hardcore right now, but like this happiness thing, it's you know, new for, like, it's a new thing for him. Well, yeah, this, this whole yeah, year, which yeah. good for him. He, re, he refaces, you know what I mean? He changes he, the he, message and changes the content. And like, I'm of course on the text platform just because I, I want to know what people are doing I'm with you. and how they're doing it so that Listen, I can I drank see the it. Gary Vee Kool-Aid. Right. I'm so, in. but like he's texting me these like motivations of like, dude, just be happy, you mm-hmm. know? And it's really a thing. Like I look back on my 10 years of coaching and a lot of it made me happy. A lot of it made me unhappy. Yep. And now that I'm out of it, I'm able to look back and look at what I'm doing now. And I'm not saying my job is perfect. Like, there's plenty of things that I don't like about what I do. But I'm in control of my life for the first time ever, which is, like, a mind-blowing concept for me. Like, I can choose to stay in this job or I can choose to leave this job. And what I'm doing right now will 100% correlate to another job or another thing. So if this ever is feels like it's not the right thing, I can choose to do something else. You just so it's funny like this whole this hey this is my first episode ever. So thank you for being here. Yeah, uh, the awesome. pull up your socks thing came up as a joke. One right. day we we're talking about people like, you know, bootstrapping your business and so one day someone, I don't know if it was here, if it was at Kapow, if it was like in, in another conversation and someone was asking me, like, how do I do this? How do I, like, dude, just fucking pull up your socks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, just pull up your socks yeah. and get to work. It's dude. like, roll up your sleeves. I don't wear sleeves. We're in Florida. Right. I have sleeves. I'm tattooed from head to toe. Um, but it was just, it's interesting. So so going back to to that whole thing with Gary Vee uh, really quick and what yep. you just said, you're going to be a soundbite because what you just said, like, I am now in control of my own shit like i'm in charge now. yeah i choose best fucking feeling in the world yes like, for me 100 percent. and that's why i go to work every day so when i go home and i cry i have a bad day and I, you know my wife's like that's cool you could be working for somebody else though right i'm like good point honey <laughs> pulling up my socks going back to work I'm, there you put, go. Me in, put me in coach you choose to do it yeah you know and like people ask like you know why, why do you work like why do you do this and why do you do that or like how do you do that like I, I just do it because I want to do it. How, like, long, how long have you been far, following Gary Vee for? Uh, a long time. So, so my wife, the first time I played Gary Vee for my wife, she was like, oh, this fucking guy, his voice, he's so annoying. And who wants to work 400 hours a day? And it's, his, his message has changed in the past year. Right. Um, either that, you know, he, he kind of says that we all misunderstood his message. And that's not what he was saying is to work 4,000 hours a week until you were, you know, your fingernails fell off and you, you, you know, if you're sleeping, you're fucking not working. And, yep. um, so maybe we misunderstood that. I actually really, really enjoy his message now because again, it goes back to like what you just said. It's that positivity thing. It's about being a good person. 
And if um, you want to work a hundred hours, that's then on you. Do it, right? That yep. that makes you happy. And it's really funny because he put it out, put out a video yesterday. He's like, people think that like I'm hating on the people that play Madden all day or that binge watch Netflix. Yep. Like, I'm not hating on you if that's what you do. I'm hating on you if that's what you do and you're unhappy. Yep. Like hundred percent. You're making the decision to do those things. Like choose to be happy. Figure out what makes you happy. Like if you're in a job because you make a lot of money, but you're not really happy with that job, dude, you got to make the decision. Like what's more important, yeah. your happiness or that paycheck? Like you can go get paid anywhere. Like, so for me, this year was really about figuring out, could I be happy doing something else? I think I was fortunate that, I do stand behind a product in ESPN Digital and ESPN Audio that I believe in mm -hmm. that makes it easier for me to have the conversation with people because I believe in what we do and how we do it. Um, that's not the case for everybody, you know? So I think, you know, finding that was huge for me. Don't buy TV. That's all, that's Don't all. buy TV. It's I, dead. I learned that today. It's dead. Oh, man. Are you, are you, are you a cable no, subscriber? No. You're I a cord cut cutter, it. right? Yeah, cord, we cut it about a year ago. Yeah. 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 It's been, well, you know, listen, we also have a four year old. We're really um, aware of what we present in the house to him. You know, we're not like right. uber fucking crazy helicopter parents, but we just want to make sure that he's not uh, flipping through YouTube videos, uh, checking out porn at four years old. No um, doubt. Worrying about that. I'll wait till he's five for that. Um, but uh, I guess, fuck, I and mean, this is, this is, this is cool. I love how you just grabbed the mic and I appreciate that because <laughs> that would be sat there for probably a month till I had the nerve to start this up. And again, going back to Gary Vee, not giving him too much credit, but he's got the Gary Vee experiment going on right now. Yep. We've created our first piece of content yep. uh, together. And if you didn't slide that microphone off the wall, this content would not have happened. I probably still wouldn't have my first episode. So thank you for that. Glad to, um, glad to pop the cherry. Can I say that? Yeah. yeah we say whatever we want. Yeah, right? It's dude, a podcast. Is, yeah, we're, we're dropping the F-bombs <laughs> and, and, and busting cherries. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maraschino cherries. Of course. Actually, what's the, uh, it's the, the, this is the plug for the bowl now. What's the cherries? Oh, Cherry Bundy. Yes, there we go. Cherry juice. So uh, with that said, Which I, I mean, think like, I can say this out loud, but like just so everybody knows, like this is their last year of their title sponsorship. Maybe they'll renew, maybe they won't, but if you want to put your name on a bowl game, holler at me. What happens? I do have a question. I hate getting into the politics of, of uh, college sports, but this is really new to me. Oscar's here is one of my best friends. Uh, I'm not dialed into sports. Mm -hmm. uh, I follow sports. I follow my teams. I don't know half the people you talked about earlier in full transparency. Right. <laughs> um, but like I've heard things, I've read things online about uh, the politics of bowl games. Yeah. So a lot of people were angry that like they they feel like oh they 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 forced FAU to come here. We're doing a disservice to these FAU kids by making them play here locally. It seemed like for me as a local resident, holy fuck, they're in my backyard. Right. I get to go cheer on our owls in our backyard in a bowl game. It's it's still a bowl game. Well, so and I would pose the question to those people that were complaining about FAU getting forced for to you play in the local bowl game. Yep. Is were they willing to buy a go ticket to see them play no. in Memphis? No, they haven't. Like none of them. So, like, they don't even come here. You know what? Like you did them a favor because you know what? Most of the kids on FAU's roster are probably from South Florida anyway. Right. So now their parents don't have to buy plane tickets and hotels to go stay somewhere to watch them play in a bowl game. They have to play the see them play in a bowl game at home. How cool is that? So, like, everything is perspective, I think. Right. You know, it depends on how you look at it. And well, you there's touched, two sides to every glass. You touched on something important. I go to some of the games here at FAU when I can, and it's pretty sad. Pretty empty. Yeah. Pretty um, empty. We've got, now, a good, we've got a good team. Lane Train, love him. Did a, did a great job winning games. What's going to happen? Probably didn't do a great job of building 
you know, no, a he, fan base and being out in the community and getting people to want to be involved say, with him. Yeah, so, yeah. like, you know, yeah, you did a great job winning games and you got to win to have success and, like, yeah. have people come. But you also have to, like, build relationships and have people want to come. So, it, you know, it's two sides to that. How, how's Tagger going to change that? You think he can? Um, Do I think he can? Yes, I think he can. Do I think he will? I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting to me, like... This is an interesting hire. Do I think it's a bad hire? No, not not necessarily. I think he's shown that he can be successful at the, you know, mid-major level, the group of five level. You know, I think probably proved that he couldn't do that at the power five level. Um, but it still takes, like, work to be out in the community. And I don't know if that's his MO or not, you know? Right. So, like, and does he relate to the people in Boca? Like, right, right, right. there's a certain demographic of people in Boca that oh, yeah. are going to go to FAU games. Like, can he connect with those people? Can he create motivation to get them into the seats? And, you know, that's the job of the athletic director and the head coach and all those people of creating that urgency. It's funny. You've just defined the marketing strategy for like every restaurant that comes in from uh, out of town. Thinks they can just set up camp. Like, oh, I've got restaurants in New York and L.A. And it's like, that's fine. But what are you going to do for us? We live here. Right. 365. Um, How are you going to get in the community and make people go there? What's in it for me? That is the question yep. that is in every single relationship is like, yep. great, we're cool. But what's in this for me? Yeah. Like, And that's the world we live in. So. All right, talk to me. What's next? What's Mark, Mark Noodleberg up to next? I, I don't want, you know, you got a job right now. We're not looking to, uh, you seem really happy in what you're doing, but we know this isn't the end of the road for you in your uh, pursuit for entrepreneurship. Um, what would you love to do? Like, what's, what's your dream oh, man, gig? I miss leading. I miss leading a lot. Okay. Like, motivating the kids every day to get back to the process and to get back to the grind and Forget about the scoreboard. Forget about our record, whether we're 12-0 and 0 or whether we're 0-12. Like, it's about going back to the grindstone today. I miss that a lot. So, I don't know. Maybe I go coach high school football somewhere one day. I don't know. Maybe I find a way to do that in business. Maybe I Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, yeah. is that just a Band-Aid for that feeling? Uh, yeah. I, I think that you deserve to be doing something because le- you naturally are a leader. Right. Sounds I appreciate like it, that. It feels like it. Uh, you've had success doing it, but like it takes a certain kind of person to be a leader. Yeah, and so I would love to do that. And so maybe I build up enough you know, rapport in the business community that I'm able to do that for you know, whether it be sales professionals or organizational structure, talking to people about how to build a successful organization. I was really fortunate enough to do that in the sports world in a lot of different ways. And I know what the key elements are to it, you know, defined roles, communication, boundaries. Would you stay in sports? Is that like, do you still, do you still love, I mean, you obviously love sports. The thing that's great I, I about see, sports, I see your Instagram posts, the, the, man. you yeah, got like six the, TVs, five games. Yeah, yeah. You know, every Monday on that's, LinkedIn, I usually yeah. put out like a teaching life through sport because okay. I believe in that. Like Listen, I, as is, a coach, that's what I used to really preach in recruiting was like, you couldn't ask I for get a better a first guest. It's <laughs> like pretty phenomenal to make a correlation between business yeah. and coaching, which you I, are a coach. <laughs> And, and to me, it's like you can teach life through sport. Like, and, but the great thing about sport is that you get a scoreboard every time. Like, okay. There's a winner and a loser. Yep. Like, your effort was either good enough, 
and your execution was either good enough or it wasn't. And you can relate that a little bit to business. Yeah, we got. But it's not as finite. Yeah, we get a thermometer. Yeah, national. You don't get the W's and And the L's every day. Yeah, and it's way. It's a much longer process. Like you know, you know, opening a partnership and doing a deal in business, or opening a restaurant and having it be successful takes years, months, years, decades. So like. In football, it was one-week lifespan. You put together the game plan, you practice the game plan, you execute it on Saturday, you either won or lost, and then quick turnaround because we got to do it again th- this week, boys. So, like, I'm like that- I'm getting clip at, like, hit after hit after hit with this guy. Like, <laughs> but you're right, though. Like, we do have a lot more runway to fine-tune our business where you didn't you you were like Dude, all if right I, well let's i gotta look at videos tomorrow of the next team i've gotta if i go into a meeting and completely tank it and like ruin it that i'll just go find another meeting to have like and another opportunity in football you got 12 games on your schedule if you screw up the first Saturday, yeah. you're not getting that one back. Nope. You're not going to go ever go be able to go back and say, oh, you know what? I'm going to go get three more games yeah. to make up for that one. That L is there forever. So that was the thing that's cool about being in sports, and that's why I love sports, is that it's very definitive. You get a yes or no answer every single time, um, but it's cool to translate it to business and to it's, the it's, real it's life. It's amazing. And, you know, obviously in hindsight, it's like, oh, yeah, well, you're a coach. You're a leader. That's sort of natural fit to business, but it's amazing how – how many parallels you can make to coaching and uh, business, not just, not just from a leadership standpoint, but from like the fundamentals of like how to change the culture of a business. You got to deal with that as well. You go into a new restaurant, you've got a right. new staff, they don't know you. Well, so like, that's like a coaching change. Like yep. we were talking about that earlier and I was going to draw that point, but we went off onto another tangent, but like, Weird. so like <laughs> if you start a company, like you started a company yep. And then this CEO came in and said, there's not room for both of us. It's my show or your show. And you said, okay, I'm stepping out. But how many people were still in that business that you brought into that business? Right. That you left. Yep. And all of a sudden, the culture was way different. So, like, that's not what they signed up for when they signed up to work. But that's the hand they got dealt. Now, they have a decision to make. Can I stay? Should I stay or should I leave? Those kids at FAU who are freshmen who signed up to play with Lane, yep. they don't have an option. There's no, they're not allowed to just leave if they want to leave. That's it. How does that they're kid, there. How does that kid feel right now? Uh, some are, might be happy. Some might have gotten there and been like, oh, this isn't what he recruited me on. Like this. Now, can they he leave sold again? Me like, a bag educate, of educate me. I don't, like, can you, so there are can rules. You? There are rules. There are reasons that you can and can't leave in order to be. A, so you, could, you can transfer. I'm not saying like they're locked in and they can't do right. it, but there's a cost to it. You, if you move to the same level, so all these kids are Division One athletes. Yep. If they want to go play at another Division One school, they lose a year of eligibility. No shit. One hundred percent. Wow. Unless there's a show cause. So like okay. Justin Fields, who was the number one quarterback in the country, who signed with Georgia two years ago, yep. went to Georgia, sat the bench, saw he was never going to beat out Jake Fromm for the job, right? So then decided to transfer. Well, there was a show cause there. Apparently, there were some racial things that were said to him from somebody on the baseball team. Whether it's real or not, it yep. doesn't matter. There was show cause. Okay, they so let him out. He got to go to Ohio State, and he started his first year. He didn't lose any eligibility. That's awesome. But you have to appeal. You have to go through a whole process in order to do that. Why there's not a rule that says if you sign on to play for a head coach and that head coach leaves, you're immediately eligible for transfer. Why is that not a thing? Why won't they allow kids to do that? Especially if they base your recruitment on coming to... Uh, to play for you. In paradise. 
Come play. <laughs> come hop on the lane train. And he's yeah. have, he's saying the same thing now at Ole Miss. Uh, there's a you lane, look on Twitter. There's the a lane, lane train, train in too, Oxford. Huh? You know, the lane train <laughs> so stops in Oxford. I, I got a call this morning from a good friend of mine, and I'm not going to mention his name, Bo Eaton. Um, <laughs> but uh, he was working out at a gym this morning, and Lane was in the gym this morning in Boca working out. Um, yeah, he hopped on campus today. He was in the office around the coaches in Weird. full. Old Miss gear. Yeah. Like head to toe. We're like, dude, we get it. We know you're yeah. leaving. Yeah. Don't let the train hit you in the ass. There it is. No, I'm kidding. Uh, there it I'm, is. I'm grateful that, that, that FAU is starting to pay attention to the program, though. Um, you know, it's it's. I'm just happy to have a football team here. Right. A good you know, football team. I, 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 Maybe we can get some people in the stands. I am not uh, going to lie. When I first came to FAU, it was uh, behind the scenes called Find Another University. And we were typically the misfits that could not get into the other schools in Florida. Right. Um, but it, to see what Dr. Kelly has done with the school. Um, and again, I, I, in full disclosure, I am involved with the school. I'm on the yep. College of Education Advisory Board. And I'm not just saying this, but... I'm involved with the school now because I see what he's doing to the school and what he's done for the school. Right. Um, and, and how much he cares about the school. I don't know how long he's going to be here. It's not the point. Um, it's just for once, I feel like we've got the opportunity to be taken seriously as a, as a university. Um, it helps the community uh, being a business owner. I see how it translates to sales. Okay. So I have a question for you. Oh, shit. Because this. All right. Here we go. This is a thing on every campus now. Okay. Is the school of entrepreneurship. Yes. Right. I think having a school of entrepreneurship and having a startup tank are two very different things. Okay. Like if you have an incubator for small businesses mm -hmm. or people in college that are starting businesses, yes. that's way different than having a school of entrepreneurship. A hundred percent. Right? Yep. So what do you think about being able to graduate from the school of entrepreneurship? Is that a thing? Is that a real degree or is that like the kinesiology degree that you can get? You know, at like it depends BC. How you talk. My wife probably thinks kinesiology is uh, a degree. So <laughs> I love you, honey. Um, it's for PE teachers, for anybody who doesn't know what kinesiology is. Yeah. Um, honestly, no, I don't. I don't think you graduate with anything. I think having some of the tools that they're teaching is super fucking important. Because when I first came to FAU, I went to the College of Business and it's all black and white. It's about the fundamentals of, of financials. And, it's all about and, the P&L. It. You know, you learn about marketing and, and things like that, but it's all textbook shit. You either got it or you don't. Um, but going through a school of entrepreneurship, and, and I, I do stuff with the school of entrepreneurship. So, right. But, <laughs> but, 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 listen, I'm outspoken about it. it. It's up to the individual. So, I'll give you a quick example. Um, I was fortunate enough to be involved with the most recent. Uh, I forgot what it was called, but the, the whole semester, it was a class based on entrepreneurship where it was real life stuff where they got to pair up with local businesses and they tried to solve a problem. So they bid on it in terms of they, they put a proposal in for a certain uh, ask from the business, a certain, uh, you know, we needed some data study done or some data research, blah, blah, blah. But it could be anything from like a, creating a marketing plan, a go, to, a go to launch plan, whatever it is. And these students of the School of Entrepreneurship were assigned to these businesses and they were left alone, meaning the professors were like, here's your chance. I'm going to check in with you once a week, basically by email or by class or whatever. Um, and it was kind of up to the business and up to the students to talk on a regular basis. Um, and it's amazing how fast some of those people disappear. You don't see these <laughs> students. And as somebody who has multiple businesses, I didn't have time to chase people. So I was probably, I failed them probably as much as they failed me. Right. Um, and I, I had three really good people. And yeah. I kept in touch with them separately. Um, but it's just amazing. Like, and it got me thinking, 
your point. And right. I was like, what is this? Right. What right. exactly are they teaching? <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's a great question. Because I think about it. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if like, I would have gone to school for that. But then I think like, well, my dad is an entrepreneur. So like, I watched it happen from a time that I was a kid. And like, I don't know. Can you really learn that? In I went the classroom? to, I went, no, I was just going to say I went to like, school for it too, but it wasn't in school. Right. Like I, I got my MBA, not literally. Uh, no, I got my MBA working, pulling up my fucking socks, um, being in it, learn, you know, taking your L's and yep. figuring out, oh, that was a bad Getting move. Stuck and, in the back office of the, the business that I had started, uh, you know, under the thumb of another CEO. That's dude. Yep. Like, so. So Those people lessons. Like, How do you learn so much? I was like, I just fucking did it, dude. I right. Fucked, I, I lived through it. So I many lived times. through it. I got to right? talk to your dad. I think your dad and I and yourself, we need to write a book on what not to do. <laughs> it would be the biggest entrepreneurship uh, startup <laughs> it, book. You, you know, know what? They would the, teach classes off of it. The playbook. They would. Yeah, I'm sure they would. <laughs> well, listen, I don't want to keep you. We're at 45 minutes. Not that that matters, but uh, you got a suit on today with a fancy <sighs> pin. Yeah. Uh, we're both looking at our phones. Not that that matters because I think it's just, we're, I think we're, we need more shots. <laughs> Oscar, Oscar, do you want to call in? I have a, a Bluetooth <laughs> call in with my fancy new podcast uh, equipment here. Mark, I, I really do appreciate you. I enjoy hanging out with you. Love um, it. Really love it. You keep me inspired and, uh, fuck, and you just, you made me look bad on my first podcast. No way, but, yeah, dude. This, this is, is awesome. This is fun. This is awesome. Glad um, to be the first guest. I am going to see you, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. We're going to have some fun. We're going to be serving up fucking uh, some tuna tacos and some duck tacos in the VIP tent. Boca Bowl, let's go. That's right. And uh, by the time you hear this, it could be Christmas next year, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to do, I got to talk to your dad. What the fuck do I do with this thing now? <laughs> yeah, what does one do with the podcast without an entire production team behind it? Oh, man. The great, greatest part is, I think, is you can just end it and then give it out. Peace. And pull up your socks. <laughs>